Hey there, my name's Mark McCartney and welcome to the What is a Good Life podcast. Over the last couple of years, I've interviewed over 150 people around this question, not in an attempt to provide a universal answer, but to help you find and define your own answer to this question. While I'm also trying to share with you what I perceive to be more genuine expressions of the human experience. On the ninth episode of the What is a Good Life podcast, I'm joined by Johnny Kamara. In this episode, Johnny takes us through his journey of growing up in Belfast to an Irish mother and a Senegalese father, from repressing parts of himself to reclaiming them, from pain and suffering to creativity and connection, and ultimately finding the trust and courage to fully being himself and understanding what matters in life and what he wants from life. Johnny is a leadership development strategist and coach. His path of suffering, self-inquiry and alignment is also serving as inspiration to his burgeoning acting and screenwriting endeavors. Johnny's journey of suffering and pain leading to creativity and understanding and greater understanding of oneself is quite a typical journey of what I observed in all the interviews that I've conducted to date and one that I find very inspiring. So I took a lot from it and I'm sure you will too. And if you enjoy this conversation, please like, share and subscribe as I greatly appreciate any support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the ninth episode of the What is a Good Life podcast. So Johnny, I'm very happy to have you here today on the What is a Good Life podcast. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking part. Uh, the first question I have for you, sir, is, is there a question that you're trying to answer as you move through life? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question, to be honest. Um, and you do ask good questions, Mark. I've had you, <laughs> met you for a coffee and I was like, mm, this guy's going to make me think. Um, yeah, no, Sorry. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I thank you for that. Um, I think the question that I'm trying to answer right now, like, is what does a life look like when when you nourish sort of all different parts of yourself like one thing that i'm sort of wrestling with is this convention that we sort of have to be one thing or even even earn money in one way so we have to be one way in this world now i know we don't have to earn money from every single way of being but my my question is like how can one make a living through using all of one's talents as opposed to one specific one. So that's a kind of question that I'm exploring right now, just through, you know, exploring my different talents. You know, I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a leadership development strategist, but I'm also stepping into writing. I'm stepping into acting as well. And I'm seeing what, what I learn about myself through that through that path too. Just when you say this nourishing different parts, uh, different parts of your life, what is this kind of writing and, and acting part uh, bringing up for you? So I think the writing and acting part is something that has come from a certain degree of, or a certain longer period of, of self-reflection, self like introspection. Remember, I was going through a bit of a tough period uh, coming off when I moved to to Berlin, and I really wasn't sure what I was doing. And it took me a lot of time to kind of look inwards and see, okay, what are the things that I really like to do? What are the things that give me energy? And I realized that that was all about like connecting with people, uh, play, and and creating. And then when I thought about those things that give me energy, I thought, okay, what what involves that? like those three things. And then I ended up coming to this, this like long list of things that I could try out. And, uh, and I tried out acting. Um, I started creating little comedy skits. Um, some people who I know may have seen one, I think you've seen one as well. In my, I, I my thought LinkedIn. it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah. So that, 
that just came from a from a place where I just said that what if what if I started writing like a comedy skit? Like what if I started filming one? And I felt I felt really I was filming it actually in this room and my partner was in the other room and it was like like I think she was on a call as well. So she was like, what on earth is going on here? <laughs> like I was making all the noise in in this room. But yeah, just a series of what if questions. And then that kind of started, like sort of gave me permission to explore a different, a different part of myself. And lo and behold, kind of acting came to me, I guess. This is, this is interesting, right? And it, and it kind of even ties into, I guess, my my experience of even just starting a podcast and seeing where it goes and, and kind of just yeah. like almost allowing yourself permission to go do what you want to do without potentially caring so much as to either what convention or, or other people might say. Right. What like, and uh, the skit that you're referring to, <laughs> you, you play multiple different characters. So I can only imagine <laughs> what your, <laughs> what, what your, what your missus was thinking in the next room, but like, what what's it been like what you know you said it came apart like you don't think that it's kind of detached from the fact that it was after a, a kind of a, a process of introspection mm-hmm. what do you think shifted that allowed yourself to give yourself the permission to start being playful or being creative at this stage in your life i think it was suffering <laughs> i think it was i think it was really just some deep sense within me that the way I was living my life there wasn't fulfilling me. There was a sort of search for more meaning and something that, um, something, something that wasn't being fulfilled in my, in my current, current work. And I didn't know what that was. Uh, and I think it got to the point where I felt like I could only be this one, one thing, I can only be this one one way, and then that to me felt very like asphyxiating, quite suffocating. And then, you know, I started to suffer from that. I was quite down. I was pretty depressed, and it was really just through that period of like understanding that something has to shift, and ultimately, I'm gonna be the half. I'm gonna have to be the one to do it. That really kind of then allowed me to you know, give me the energy to push through and try to try to do something different, basically, I think. Man, it's uh, it's so interesting. And I think like uh, for a number of people that I interviewed both in the in the podcast, but also all the interviews I, di- I did the year before last, like this mix of, you know, the way sometimes people talk about the joy of doing something or following your heart yeah. and how often suffering seems to be not the fuel, but at least the Kickstarter to the process. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, I think if you listen, like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of Carl Jung and that was really quite, um, like reading a lot of his stuff or work from different Jungian analysts was very, give me a lot of resource to actually help me through that, that period of suffering. Um, talking about like what your, what your soul wants, you know, is your soul actually nourished in what you're doing? Um, for me, largely, that answer was was no within the setting that I was in. And, you know, it first started just by me writing down in, in a journal. You know, I started building that practice and allowing myself first to express myself free of judgment there. And then it 
turned into a much larger like self-exploration where it's like okay who is johnny outside of work you know who is who is um who is johnny that isn't the career focused person you know what else is there and i think that's the beautiful part of acting because you know you mentioned that i play different characters um but there's a series of different characters in all of us and the question is are you do you allow yourself to play those different characters or are you stuck in one i really like this sense and uh, yeah i think there's a number of characters in me mm. uh, how, like so when we think of uh when we think of this uh, right and you know even when people talk about authenticity and being yourself I think there's almost this idea that there's like this one fixed part or there's this there's this fixed um form of you but really I think it's it's giving voice to so many of the different parts within us like mm-hmm. and and I think it's it's a lot, like it's almost allowing for the complexity of yourself to to emerge yeah definitely I think that each one of us is is uh, beautifully complex and we are all kind of a product of our not only our environment but you know like our 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 backgrounds our cultures you know our the environment the, the life experiences that we've been through and that gives us like a unique uh unique perspectives and also like different strengths and talents and and the question is like you can't show all those things i i believe anyway you can't show all those things just with one expression of self you know all of all of those experiences your backgrounds give us multiple expressions of self and i think that once you realize that we are all you know the same but also different then that becomes a very liberating space for you to be something something different as well and with the just when you mentioned the almost the start of it um coming in in journaling that's a that's a similar process for myself as well is that like is your form of journaling is that just free free writing and writing down your thoughts or was it writing with the deliberate intention so i first started uh journaling when it was it was something suggested to me by an old therapist or coach and i kind of went with a structure so i had a few questions that i that i went with back then but then slowly i felt like somehow restricted by those questions and yeah just became the same over time and so it just became something that was free flowing and that i i didn't really think about i just would say okay what's coming up for me and sometimes sometimes it was words sometimes it was like just like a drawing or like there's some yeah, pages yeah. where i was in a really dark space and i was i just literally like tear all over the page you know what I mean and uh it's quite funny when I'm flicking through like some days some days it's you know looking back at my journal is quite interesting because it's like some days are like super poetic and being like oh you know it's yeah it's just appreciating the, appreciating the beauty in the everyday moments and then you get to this page which is totally <laughs> ruined you know what I mean I I, uh, I cannot I cannot relate to that whatsoever <laughs> man <laughs> Then I'm on my, my own. <laughs> my, my shit was always just poetic. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> oh man, it's so true. But you know, yeah. but I think this. I think this brings such a lovely. I think what I, what I found really beneficial with uh, with the journaling part was just 
how it could bring you to almost like to meet yourself like mm. you know like this is this is part like this is this exists within me like yeah. you know the the days where i might just have like an expletive written down in bold bold uh, bold yeah. caps lock letters or something on a page or you know something where you're just starting to like engage with some of and and you know seeing the full spectrum again like between something like maybe quite dark and then as you say something quite maybe even to the opposite and creative or poetic yeah but but i think it's such a lovely tool for just even coming into a little bit more reality like meeting the reality of yourself and then also eventually a little bit more acceptance of that in yourself and then ultimately yourself yeah definitely definitely and i think we all grew up in a certain situations be it uh, be it in the the family home or within our culture that restricts certain parts of us you know that says certain parts of you are not allowed in you're not allowed to be this way right and that that has an impact on us you know that that, that conditions us to be a certain way in the world um and i know that for myself like you know i grew up in in belfast and i was my my friends group I was probably one of the only people of color um there so so a lot of that meant that there were certain parts of my my home was 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 bicultural my dad's from Senegal my mum's my mum's Irish but then there were a lot of like culture references and a whole part of me that didn't really find resonance outside of my home so that kind of meant that there were certain parts of me that just didn't find expression and sometimes I think to myself, that's probably why I do have this creative push or this push to, to, to journal or just generally to express myself to a greater degree because, because of that, that conditioning. And I think each one of us has that. And the question is, you know, are we willing to look at it and work through it and start to understand that we're not our conditioning, but we're something much larger than that. You know, we can be so many different yeah, there's so many different ways of being in the in the world, and the question is, are we willing to explore that? So, not trying to not trying to make too kind of uh, simple an assumption, but do you think your your push to be creative now is born out of the like the the conditioning or the container that you felt you were in for not expressing some of yourself while growing up in in Belfast? This is the story I've landed on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, we have we we all have stories. Stories the reasons why we're able to operate in the world, and um, you know, I think that's that's what kind of works for me. It could just be something which is totally within my my nature, I guess. Um, without getting into the whole nature versus nurture thing, but I I do believe that there was, you know, and if you look at some of my comedy sketches, a lot of them are based on. The fact that I'm someone who's of I'm a mixed race, so you know, and actually navigating that in a in like a white environment, for example, a lot of the times that I was in uh, organizations, there were like majority white spaces, and sometimes you face a lot of microaggressions or things that people say, and then it's always the question, you know, do you want to call them out for a fear of being pushed out of the group, or do you have to just take it? And I think a lot of that, a lot of Part of growing up within a majority like white white world, at least the environment I was in, meant that there were certain parts of me that I had to like disavow, you know. And then my process of 
of growth has been about reclaiming that and understanding, okay, that is part of me. It is, uh, I am allowed to be this way. I am allowed to express myself in this way or have this belief, for example. Um, so, so yeah, I've kind of gone round about, <laughs> round no, 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 about but, way, uh, no, but, but tell, tell that's me, what um, it is. What's the, how would you kind of describe then the process of reclaiming yourself? It's an introspective one. So it's, it's been, it's been a, a quite a messy process. So we talked previously about how, you know, finding your own path, there's no clear set path. You have to make it yourself. It's only once you're down there, you look back and you say, okay, there was a path there. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but I think for it, it's, it's the same for reclaiming yourself. There's no path. You just know deep down in yourself that something is off. You're misaligned in some way. And then you just have to kind of lean into that and say, okay, what is this pain that I'm feeling? And, and what does it mean? What, what is it that, that my body's trying to tell me through this, this misalignment? And, you know, in terms of how that, that takes shape in, in, in the outer world, you know, that might be going to therapy. It might be getting a coach. It's, listening to music it's it's journaling for me it was so many different things so many things that allowed me to to learn more about myself and i think through those experiences you you become more open to yourself and then the answer not the answer but then a path starts to show itself you start to trust yourself more and back yourself and then you just keep going step after step after step and yeah, and I think the other point is also like connecting with other people who who hold the same identity to you as well. For me, that's not I, I didn't have that a lot when I was growing up. So I had to basically like lean into that a little bit more and understand a little bit more about my my African side, my my blackness as well, and meet people who also held that identity so I could learn a, a bit more about myself. And that was like a really healing process as well. What, like when you when you talk about this idea of uh, existing kind of in white spaces or you know I remember when we we first met and I was like you know um, black in Belfast is like uh, like that's it sounds it sounds like a great movie title to be honest It'd probably be my autobiography <laughs> <laughs> but but you know like yeah. uh, like because uh, you know I mentioned like in Ireland growing up um, I think there was like two uh there was an asian person and a and a and a and a black dude in my year where mm -hmm. it was like that was out of 120 people yeah um and so it's i've always it just with with everything that's come up in the last few years i was i've always been kind of thinking i wonder what other people's experience are like in that situation mm. the experience of it like i is that a very isolating thing? Like, what, you know, life is hard enough, right? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, without feeling, I don't know, separate from something or, or repressing something, um, which is, is just completely out of your, out of your realm of, of control or something. It's not like you're yeah. doing something. Do, do you get what I mean? No, hundred percent. And, you know, I will say that, you know, my experiences, I, I had a lot of privilege, you know, as, as well, you know, I've become aware of that as I've gone through, gone through my life and reflected a lot on it and learned more. But I think for me, it was, it was really a question of belonging. 
So I think all of us kind of seek some level of belonging in order to, you know, it's a big part of our well-being and um, to feel safe, right? I think for me, I always was looking for belonging um, in a group. I was really trying to fit in to a group that was very different to me. So I guess my conditioning was I have to disavow this part of myself in order to fit into this group. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, another story I've kind of landed on is that I think that's what allowed me to be so empathic um, and be able to connect to people and under understand what they need very well because I needed to do that in order to fit into the group. And that became a talent of mine, a, a, you know, a superpower f on my side that has found its way into, into coaching. But, but yeah, I think it's a search for belonging. And the tough part of that is that you never, you never really feel you belong. You're always reminded that you're, that you're different. Hmm. Fucking hell, man. It's, uh, sometimes when I think of just, cause uh, what you're saying too, I think it's kind of, it's also part of the human experience of, you know, even if we yeah. weren't talking about, uh, like race here, like this is, it's, this sounds tougher in the sense of this is something explicit that that's you're not doing or something like that. So it's just something that's put upon like it because of other people's maybe perceptions or, or as you say, microaggressions or something that it's something that's put upon you. But in, in other ways, like we're trying to figure out what the group wants from us. Right. And then almost mm -hmm. at the cost, at the cost of being ourselves or, you know, tucking a little bit of my, me in on this range, or maybe I'll be a little bit quieter here, or maybe I won't voice my opinion in this setting here. You know, when you're being sensitive to the, to the group uh, or what yeah. the group is wanting or demanding of us. And it is, as you say, a, a power, but then I think like with everything, there's some sort of gain and loss, right? Like the more exactly. attuned you become to what the group wants, then what about Johnny? Like, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Which is, and, and I think 100%. when we look at like, when we look at just people in, in general on a wider level, I, I think that dynamic is happening a, a lot in, in other, in other forms of, or experiences of, of just being human as well. Uh, absolutely. And I think, I think that's the kind of the deeper human level of, uh, whatever ism that exists, right? It's about, it's about inclusion and exclusion, right? And, you know, when you're, when you're young in an early part of your life, whatever marginalized identity that you hold. Um, the, the, the understanding when you're young is that if you are excluded from a certain group, it, it's almost like a, like a death of kinds. Right. And if you think about that for hu humans forever have been seeking belonging in a group for the sake of security, like we're hardwired to do that. So when you think about uh, a marginalized identity, whatever that is, and then being excluded from a certain group that has a really bad impact on someone's mental health and, and stops them, disconnects them actually from themselves and then makes it much more difficult to intuit, to find their own sense of intuition, to connect with their own sense of self, to be able to live a certain life with conviction and yeah, go forward in a way that, that is really uh, nourishing to themselves. So, I think there is like a human level, you know, but what, the most absurd thing I think is when you look back, um, into history 
and you see how much, uh, how many stories have been withheld about a certain identity that you have or haven't been given, you know, mainstream media light because they've been suppressed almost on a collective level. Like, no, we're not, we're, we're not, you know, gay and no, we don't like, uh, black people or whatever it is. Right. That has a huge impact on how people from those identities can operate in the world. And I think one of the biggest problems when it comes to doing this anti-racist work or the work of anti-racism is the fact that it's so deeply ingrained in people's minds on a subconscious level. And there's so much shame associated with it, right? That yeah. it becomes a very, very difficult topic to, to address and to speak about openly. And, and I think it requires a very high level of skill to open up the space, to open up a new container where people can talk about these things and their own personal experiences of it. And I really do believe that it's really, if we can create a space that is safe enough where people can speak about their human experiences, their own personal experiences of whatever ism that they faced, then we can create like true connection. You know, we can really create a better understanding of, of what this is and really try and eradicate it in the long, in the long run. I hope. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's super interesting because what you're saying, I think, um, what you're saying it requires is a level of honesty and reflection, which I don't, I don't see in general in society. Like, you know, even if you think of like a, and I'm not trying to, I'm not going to shift subjects here. I'm just using analogies. But like, if you think of a politician that's been caught doing something, or if a company leader has been caught doing something, mm. it'll be deny, 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 deny until there's kind of irrefutable evidence and then go, okay, <laughs> you know, here, here's yeah. what happened. Um, <clears throat> and and then I think the nuances of what you're talking about here that people don't want to admit in themselves, because very rarely do people want to reflect on their own behavior and say, oh, shit, I was the bad guy, mm -hmm. you know, like um, in this story, I was the one at fault. I was the one that erred. Mm. And then I think there's also this um, in my limited understanding of this at times. Right. It, it, like, I think what you said there, the like the most interesting part is almost the stories. Um, mm. you know, what story do you attach to somebody else, like somebody of difference from you? Like what's the yeah. narrative that you have? So, cause I think there's a huge amount of bullshit when people say, I don't even notice, uh, I don't even notice color or I don't even, you know, I don't even <laughs> yeah. notice someone's yeah, I've heard that like, a thousand times. You, yeah. Like, what yeah. The, like that's not helpful at all. Like, um, no. you're just pleading ignorance. Um, but it, it also, like, it also does the opposite, you know, it also can create more harm. Because you're not, you're actually, you know, you're gaslighting the person. You're not, you're not acknowledging them or seeing them for who, who they, who they are. Right. Yeah. And, and then within that though, like it's, we know from research, like that you're, when you see, consider, see someone that you consider as different and, you know, we laughed and I, I don't know if this statistic is correct since I talked to you, I never checked it up again, but it's something like we share 99% <laughs> of our DNA with chimps. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the fact that we're looking at points of difference within humans, it's, um, we do it though, right? Like we, mm. we just do it. Like our amygdala flares up if we see somebody that we consider to be different from us. Yeah. Um, and this is happening. So then mm -hmm. it's not the fact that you don't, uh, you don't feel something different. It's almost then I think like 
what stories do you associate with that? And what do mm. you do then to consciously unravel some of these stories? And, yeah. you know, I, I even see it even in conversations I have even with my wife, if we talk about sexism or something like this. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I still have to see tons of shit where, although I think that I'm, maybe I've got semi-evolved views, like I still have a long way to go in letting go of certain assumptions or, or things that I, that I perceive straight all? off the yeah. bat. Yeah, absolutely. And then even with, with race or even with a, a country, like there's tons of things that will pop into my head that I know aren't accurate. Like, mm-hmm. but if we're not even aware that society hasn't been, as you say, like kind of been telling a fair story, um, mm-hmm. like we have no chance of, of kind of, and I'm, I, I don't know how I feel about like the idea if someone has, I don't know, an, an unconscious bias or bias. And, and I'd like to get your views on this, but um, hmm. whether that, if, if that automatically equates to racism or they're a racist, if you get me, um, or, or like what, what action someone takes from it. Because I, I think we all literally look at different people with, with some degree of like instantaneous reaction. But yeah. I think the way, the way I see it changing in my life is like, do I know people from lots of different, like, whatever you want to call it, um, different, uh, whether it's genders or race, religion, whatever. Do I know people from these places? Like, mm. do I, do I, do I know people that are, that are considered different to me in the, the, the classic buckets of, of difference or, or identity that we describe? Mm. And then, then that's, there's, I think there's nothing more powerful for shifting any narratives inside of me when, when I know different people. Yeah, no. And, um, you know, I think I think my biggest fear would be for people who sort of look like me almost just to remain just on billboards, you know, and then there's no systemic actual change. You know, there's no change to the to equity in society. There's no change to access to opportunities, right? Or or, or mindsets. You know, you mentioned about bias as well. Um so like I think obviously you mentioned you asked me, you know, if you, if I see that as as a racist or racism. And I think like for me, it depends on, on on who's giving the label, right? My view generally is that we all, based on our conditioning, so, you know, our early childhood environment, our society, right, our different life experiences, we, we develop a, like a lens through which we see reality. Let's imagine it's subjective, right? But that lens enables us to see certain things and not see other things. Right. And, and I think like for me, having faced racism, like, like all my life and I, I would, through that lens, I would kind of, I would get very, very angry when, when racism would happen. Like, even if I saw it on the internet or something like that, I get really, really angry because of, because of my own pain. And the difference is the real change happens. The real growth happens when we look at that lens through which we see reality and we start to deconstruct it and say, okay, this story that I have, that's given me this belief, does it like serve me? What impact is it having on me and, and my way of operating in the world? And is it mine or have I inherited it from maybe a parent or the culture that I was brought up in? And then it's a process of like saying, okay, well, if, if that's the case, if it doesn't serve me, then maybe it's time to let it go. One of my uh, good friends and 
and mentors. He he told me a really interesting thing is what he does with his with his clients is that he writes he gets them to write down these stories on on a piece of paper, and then he takes them through like a ritual where he actually burns the stories that they're choosing to let go, which I thought was really really powerful. But so, and it's really when you when you kind of address the pain in yourself and what it means to you and really try to heal from that, it allows you to operate in a totally different way when you're faced with, with uh, racism in the future. So I think the work of, and I guess in a sense why we're here is, is to grow and learn. But what I mean by that is to really, to deconstruct the lens through which we see society, how it constrains us, how it also enables us. And then try to say, okay, how might my lens, how might I reconstruct my lens in a way that allows me to live a more purposeful life or allows me to tackle these issues like racism in a way that is less harmful and more productive. So I think, I think that's the self piece, but that's not to take anything away from the fact that, you know, systemic, systemic racism has has real impacts and stuff it's just how i've dealt with racism i've 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 gone through a process where i've kind of introspected understood my history around it and understand what beliefs that input inputted into my mind and my being and then try to work from there and that's enabled me to kind of talk more openly about my experiences with that and as such allowed yeah allowed other people to understand that they're not the only ones going through it, you know, to, to, to learn hopefully from that perspective. And hopefully my goal is that they, you know, change their minds or reevaluate how they, what biases they might have around, around race. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a very humbling process for, um, you know, myself, anyone, I think to go through like the stories that you're holding at different times and like, whether it's different, um, different flashpoints in society where you're just like fuck I've never even looked at this I've never even felt like I've looked at this um and this is what I'm holding these are assumptions that I make I, I don't know like I, I think it goes with with so many things in life even as I say outside of certain identity stuff where it, it's um just views in general in life like wh- where where has that come from have I ever deconstructed that have I yeah have I ever challenged my own, my own views? Like, have I, where, where is this, where has this come from? Um, and as I say, it can can be like a very, I I don't know. I think it can be quite a shameful process too. Absolutely. And, and then like, um, I don't know, like an, an ignorance to it too. And just of like, if something has never been my experience at all, to just mm. never even look at it like to, so the yeah. the then the shame almost of like oh fuck i've never even tried to look at the world through through your eyes right? yeah. and, and whereas i may pride myself on doing that in in other situations yeah but but i've having realized that there's some like glaring blind spots uh where i just didn't even not even considering things a problem yeah. do, 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 do you know what I mean like which is wild like, yeah like, definitely and, and and that that's the case also also with me you know living living in Berlin I'm I'm constantly confronted with with difference 
Um, hmm. But a beautiful difference. You know, there's so many people here yeah, who have yeah. totally different life experiences than what I would have had maybe when I, where I grew up in, in, in Belfast. And that, that's been a constant teacher for me. You know, if, if you can make yourself open and really not, not assign judgment, but just be totally present and compassionate to someone who's very different to you, it's amazing how they will, you know, if you create that safe space, how they'll open up and feel comfortable to, to share with you. And you can learn so much from that, so much. And you start to realize like, whoa, I, I didn't really know anything about, about that, ex- that particular experience of a person with that identity let's say. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I love what you're talking about though, in terms of what some of your focuses are coming out of this, like this idea of, you know, connecting with others, sharing your story or, you know, sharing your ideas, sharing your stories to, to help other people feel more connected with themselves, with others. Like there's, yeah. like, I, I'm not trying to silver line something. Um, and, but it does seem like the arc of so many people I've talked to is suffering occurs. And then, as I mentioned earlier, that kind of kickstarts the process to, to either expressing something, discovering something, connecting with others. Yeah. Um, I don't know, whatever, whatever the circumstances, I'm not saying that that's always a choice. Like certain people's life situation won't give them the space to reflect. You, you know, so I wouldn't even say it's ignorance yeah. if somebody doesn't go through this process. It's just like some of us are as you mentioned, kind of privileged enough to have the space to even to contemplate anything. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know. hundred percent. And and I think that, you know, even the people who, when you're faced with, you know, I can only speak for, for racism myself, but, you know, when you're confronted with that, there's a moment of, of rage that you go through. Um, and I know, for example, I was at a, at a I worked at a company um, where I faced uh, like racism and, uh, it was, it was, it's, it's crazy the impact that it has on you. Like, especially in an environment where, you know, there's, there's stakes, you know, your job's on the line. So you can't go absolutely nuts and just go like in most settings, but you know, you can't go super, you can't get super, super angry. Right. And I, I know that like, there's a lot of rage that comes with it as well. Right. And often when that's not expressed, where does that rage go? It, it stays inside. And I think one of the, there's a Jungian analyst, um, uh, James Hollis. I think we we talked about him before, yeah. but I remember one thing in his book that he said, which was like, depression is rage turned inwards. Um, yes. And that makes total sense to me because it's like when there's an energy to be expressed, to be put out into the world, and that energy can't go anywhere, it, it will just dep- like press everything down inside. And and yeah, the impacts of that are real and, and no one no one sees that. Because some someone might be depressed at home, going through their own experience, and and that was the, that was the case for me. I, I I was completely broken after it, and um, as a result, I, I I sort of got to this point where I was like, no, I'm 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 not going to continue to take this. I'm I'm going to express this. I'm going to find my own way to do it, you know. And and that's been that's been a beautiful process. I've I've been able to speak about it more clearly and uh share it with others and understand that like there's a huge there's great power in that about sharing honestly the 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 personally the human experience of of racism but i know that that's not a possibility for for everyone you know jeez man i felt that when you said just like like rage uh like and just the 
you know, the, the rage then almost, if it's contained, almost creating this, like literal like depression with like and that sounds that sounds fucking brutal like in in terms of like not only does the rage not to get not get a chance to be expressed but then the it doubles down on the situation where then there's like the pain you're experiencing is compounded yeah (laughs) do do you know what i mean like um, definitely and you know if you add if you add different i mean even if we look at other people who uh you know there's different intersections there. So maybe they're also carrying, um, maybe they might be queer or maybe they might come from a background um, where they where they didn't have a lot of money, for example. They had a lot of financial challenges growing up. Like all these things compound on top of each other. And subsequently it then makes it even more difficult for someone who's holding like a more dominant identity or more privileged identity to fully understand the layers to it and how that adds the complexity. You know what I mean? And yeah, 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 when no one understands you when no one outside understands you, then, then, then suddenly you're alone, you know? Um, yeah. Which, uh, which I think, man, um, I, I think one thing I, I'd love to see is like, just cause I, what I think what deeply resonates or impacts me is just when I hear people's personal experiences, do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like, I think there's not, um, there's, there doesn't it feels like to me and it could be a laziness of me not seeking out like you know apart from people that i meet in my personal life but i i don't mm. go seeking out stories online i guess but like mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of humanity to it, it mm. you know it ends up descending into political discussion and rights and yeah. wrongs where i don't know it's just there's something so deeply impactful i think about just hearing how someone felt in a moment you know, like even just an isolated moment rather than a, a whole idea or theory or whatever behind it just like how the fuck did you feel like you know yeah yeah definitely that's that's because it connects us to our common humanity and i think you know that's something that's much more foundational than than politics or you know our, our beliefs or, or views it's like this is my, my human experience and I understand that that's you know vulner- vulnerable and not everyone wants to share that way but like for me that's that's how I see it and that's that's what I see as the best way to kind of really open people's not only their minds but also their hearts to to what it is and that's why I think storytelling so so effective that's such an effective tool at doing that and that's why I want to continue to do writing and screenwriting in in that direction and what has been, what's that process been like for you? Like even from a, not just from a creative experience, but I guess cathartic and create, like a cathartic experience and a creative experience often go hand in hand anyway with whatever anyone's experiencing, but just in, in that sense as well, what's this process been like for you? It's, it's interesting you say that because I'm just thinking about it now and I got, I, like I got a smile on my face because it's, when you're writing from a, from a place of your own personal experience, there's an element of it where you're almost writing from like to heal in a sense, you're, you're committed to confronting this, this thing that happened to you and, and your story around it. Right. And, you know, I've, I've been writing with a, a good friend of mine who's, who's a writer and we started to know, like, even though we've known each other for like, what, <laughs> almost, almost 30 years actually. Um, so since we were very, very young, we we're learning more about each other through this process. And I think that's very, very powerful. 
because not only are you giving voice to your experience, but you're inviting the other person in on, on the journey. And what's been really interesting that, you know, he, he's white and he also grew up in Northern Ireland. When I, I learned about his perception, like he had no idea that this was a thing for me. Like he had no idea that like the inner experience of what it was being someone from a completely different culture. And um, we're learning a lot uh, from each other just doing that. So yeah, the process has been really, really nourishing. And yeah, we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned, you mentioned a, a beautiful expression earlier before we were chatting and I even wrote it down, there's a creative part of me that isn't getting light. Um, mm. What part of you do you perceive to be, to be getting light at this point through these creative endeavors? I think maybe a part that has been in, in shadow for quite a long time. So probably part of me that, that hasn't in the past been brave enough to express myself in that way, openly and honestly, you know, with all the kind of the messy or shameful bits included. And if I could kind of label that expression, it would almost be the artist because he's kind of a little bit chaotic, um, but he's experimental and playful. And that was something that I didn't allow myself to do when I was, you know, when I was working in, in corporate companies. Um, but now what's great is that I can bring that, that artist, that um, person who expresses himself into the work that I do um, to create like much more playful and hopefully more engaging, you know, like uh, workshops and 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 training experiences so yeah and that's so i think it's a part of me that that i never really gave light to was the the artist and yeah the yeah i'm not sure how to describe it but then then like marrying that and allowing that space and light in 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 the real world in what i in what i do currently you know yeah this uh another expression you used which uh which i really like is this and I, and I think this this is for this is such a nice kind of way to phrase it for for anyone irrespective of their experience in life, but just trying to reclaim oneself, like mm. you know, just going through life. Whether it's making concessions and how we present ourselves, whether it's making concessions and what we think the group needs, whatever it may be, there's this really beautiful process where the more we start to reclaim of ourselves, mm. the more. I don't know, the more peace I think we can have in life, irrespective of outcome. Yeah, definitely. And I think it frees you as well from, from that set outcome. It allows you to reconsider what a successful outcome is. As I said before, you know, all of us disavow parts of ourselves in order to belong, in order to fit in, in order to survive. Um, and to me, the, the, the beautiful process really begins with reclaiming those broken shards almost of ourselves and and piecing them back together and it's going to be like a mosaic right it's not it's not going to be the perfect image right but it's going to be bits here bits there and they're they're molded together but you step back and you say that's beautiful you know you know what i mean yeah it's like that you know like that's that's i don't know for me that's that's what it's about um it's really about growth and yeah this just constantly being open to this evolving self and you know what's coming through you and kind of allowing it to to go into your work to go into your home life you know that that's for me what it's what it's about i really like this idea of 
shards glued back together it, it almost <laughs> kind of simultaneously represents there's still a like there's a collective fragmentation or something of everything do you, yeah. do you, do you, like it's it's all together yet it's all like there are still kind of separate parts that need uh you know going back to your the the idea when i first asked you like what what question you're trying to answer as you move through life and it's kind of like how do i nourish the different parts of myself mm, like mm. knowing that there are almost these very specific parts of us that that need attention or that need focus and that even if everything else is kind of bal- looks quite balanced on the surface if if one has dropped out of kind of our focus of attention completely that it will still create pain points in what looks like quite a comfortable or well put together life like something will yeah. something will need expression yeah definitely and you know i love what you said about like paying attention to, to something and having enough focus on it i think when i first started like i guess a larger period of introspection in my life i really was sort of still coming with that mindset of like productivity and efficiency and i you know um kind of really trying to analyze myself really heavily so that i could get myself to a better space but i realized that the process was much more about letting go and just committing to having a certain level of self-compassion where you can open um where certain doors can open to you, you can explore them. It's not really, there's a poet, a late poet, actually an Irish poet called John O'Donoghue. Right. He's definitely a poet. He's, he was multiple other things, but he has some, some really, really great work, which, which I drew a lot of strength from. Uh, there's a book called Anam Chara. Yeah. Yeah. I have this book. Yeah. Do you, do you know, have you, have you read it as well? It's fantastic. Yeah. I I haven't read it all. I will yeah, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to have yeah. said, yeah, I've read it all, but I've yeah, got about yeah. through a fifth of it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I realized I put you on the spot there a little bit, but... Um, yeah, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> have you read it? No. Uh, yeah. Um, no, like I, um, I'm trying to think what, what I'm getting back to again, but I, I took a lot of strength from, from his work, but he said, you know, it's not really about shining the harsh light of analysis on oneself. It's more just having a, you know, a gentle attention to oneself, you know, and, and a questioning of what's coming through here. And, and that's really what's going to allow you, if you're open to that, the, whatever's coming out from within you will express itself. And your job is just to almost get, get out of the way and, and allow it to, to come through. Yeah. So I think, and I think that's those fragmented pieces. We've, we've got to kind of pick them up and allow themselves to find their own space together and then something else comes out like and another thing i'll put in here as well uh an old family friend of mine uh she was an an actress she is an actress and i remember asking her being like yeah i want to i want to maybe explore acting and she was like okay and i said yeah but i, I want to figure out who i am first and she just said i hope you never find out <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like <laughs> wait, what is she saying to me? Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. I was totally dumbfounded. And then, and she said, because the journey of, of finding that out is what makes, what makes life interesting, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, one of those moments where you just can't process what she's just said. And then she says, well, think about it. Like if you knew exactly who you were, then your life would, would, would never be different you wouldn't experiment you wouldn't try things out you know um and 
And I realized that 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 there is no clear answer for or stick answer for like who you are because we are human beings. We're always evolving. We're always changing. Now the question is, are, do you have enough courage? Do you have enough compassion to allow whatever that change is to come through and find expression? You know, um, there is no, as you said earlier, you know, this idea of one authentic self, there is no one concept of that, right? Because it's always changing. The question is, can you be open enough and receptive enough for those different versions to, to come through you? Oh, dude, there's uh, so many nice kind of things uh, within this, this idea of, uh, you know, just giving things attention, not this like fixation on productivity or outcome and just almost giving yourself permission or just having that kind of soft awareness around what you are or what needs to come up or what your needs are and just mm. allowing it. And then I love this, I, this, 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 uh, I hope you never find out that's, I could just imagine yeah. that like hitting if, if, if that was said to me, just almost like stopping me dead in my tracks. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's, it's yeah. like such a, it, it is such a, I think this is the thing, right? Like it, life is this constantly evolving thing. We are this constantly evolving actor within a constantly evolving environment and mm-hmm. just to be okay with that. And, and to, to know that like a bit like going back to the mosaic of it being fragmented and whole, like there's something about it, like where there's all these different pieces that are all, and they're all evolving and then shifting and their needs shift as well. Yeah. And trying to just, I don't know, just trying to allow this process to, to form. I, I think what you just said there was, was absolutely beautiful. That sequence mm. of, uh, of reflections. Look, yeah. Johnny, given, given the, the time we're at here and the, the question that I always ask my guests of what is it, what is a good life for you? I know you've touched on like so many interesting things like trusting yourself, uh, mm-hmm. connecting with others, play, creativity, um, growing, learning, but then this kind of like compassion, self-compassion, self-awareness for yourself and nourishing different sides of yourself. All of these kind of really lovely um, ideas that would contribute to one's good life. But if I were to ask you one final time for yourself, what is it? What is a good life for you? What comes to mind? Yeah, I think it's it's great that you give me a recap there (laughs) because because I think (laughs) I think for me, um, at least my how I would answer that question today um, is for me, it's all about expression right now. It's about um, being able to express in my work, in, in my creative uh, projects and endeavors, uh, parts of, parts of, parts of myself. Um, And that's something that I'm still navigating with and, and, and trying to find out. It's a constant exploration. Um, and I'm still faced with parts of myself that are trying to pull me back, um, saying, no, this is dangerous or you don't want to do that. You know, people, people might judge you. So I think it's, for me, it's about living true to yourself and being able to express what's, what your experience was, you know, tell those stories because they're all valid, no matter where they're from, they're all valid. And you always don't know whether there's someone out there who, is, is looking for that story, right? To show, to find resonance in their own experience. So I think a good life for me is, is really about self-expression. And in the old me probably would have said, what are you saying? But living out of a place of, of, of love, 
right? You know, um, but that seems very relevant for me now as I've just become a, a, a new father. Well, yeah, five months old. Um, but yeah, but yeah, just just align that. You know, living authentically there is also important, but just living from a place of love for for the others around you and for yourself. And I think the world will just open up to you that way. Um, yeah. I'm still now, there's still part of me that's cringing after I've said that. I'm just noticing that there. <laughs> but um but I'm but I mean it, you know, I mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, and I and I appreciate it and I felt it as genuine as well, man. Um mm. I think like I've I often have this experience of what me six or seven years ago or eight or nine years ago or ten years ago or fifteen years ago, what they would have said to what I'm saying now. And I don't think yeah, I would have listened yeah. to myself, quite frankly. Uh so that's yeah. always a nice transition <laughs> yeah. to go through. Yeah, exactly. but it, uh, man, that like, so much of what you say yeah <laughs> hopefully um <laughs> you know so much man of what you're saying there resonates with me as well and and i just think the importance you know just for anyone listening to it it's not about this idea that you have to make a reckless choice or a decision it can be incremental ways of just starting to starting to express a little bit more yourself and then just seeing what takes over or, or seeing where, as you've, you've touched on a few times, like where there's energy, where there's movement and, and that can kind of propel you as well. Or even, even if it's noticing it in the other way of just you're feeling suffering or, or a bit of pain because of a lack of self-expression, like that can be an equally important indicator as well, that perhaps something in us needs to be, to be expressed. And I think you've, you've captured that beautifully through the the course of this conversation, Johnny, and, and thank you very much for your time and, and for joining me on the What is a Good Life podcast, man. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate uh, getting to, to talk to you and exploring these topics as well. Thank you for the, for the space.